You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Sean Myers as he delivers anxiety. So I grew up with a pretty severe stutter. If you don't pick up on that within the next couple of minutes, uh, chances are you grew up with severe hearing loss. I hear people talk about being, being anxious all the time, and in my head, I'm like, you don't know what anxious is until you are a teenage boy with a stutter going on a first date. See, I um, convinced this girl of my dreams to spend a Saturday night with me and go see a film. It was 2003, so we obviously went and saw The Last Samurai starring uh, Tom Cruise. I was a little nervous about that whole thing because I couldn't really say any words well, but the two types of words that I could not say started with L's and started with S's. So my anxiety started to just go. I get to the window to order my ticket and I said, I would like a ticket for, and I locked up. So I was like, I'm gonna try this again. I would like a ticket for, and again, nothing. Nothing came out of my mouth. Took a breath. I got myself together and I said, I would like a ticket for, holy crap, I cannot believe this is still not coming out of my mouth. And honestly, it would have helped a lot if the girl across from me would even name any film. I would have said yes to anything. I finally was able to say it and uh, I was in the movie theater and we had a very nice time, mostly because you're not allowed to talk during movies. Oh, by the way, uh, she ended up marrying me, so everything kind of turned out cool. Come on, isn't that great? Well, welcome to 12 Stone. We are so glad that you are here. How many of you remember that first date with your significant other? Maybe some anxiety inside of that, yeah. My first date with my wife, Cassie, I spent the big bucks, man. I took her to the cafeteria at our college. I know, right? Amazing. I don't know how I landed her. Well, as you heard, we're starting a new series of sermons here today where we're talking about our emotions, and specifically five emotions that are kind of disruptors inside of our faith with God and our relationship with God. And emotions are, are, are a complicated thing to talk about because we're complicated, aren't we? In fact, what? turn to a neighbor around you, someone around you, and tell them you're complicated. Go ahead. You're complicated. That's right. Because they are, and you are. We are complicated people, right? And our emotions are complicated because there are so many different factors that play inside of our emotions. There's spiritual factors. There's emotional. There's, there's psychological, biological. There's social. All these factors are, are pouring into our emotions. And here's what I mean. God created us to be spiritual beings and physical beings. And when one part of our being is affected, it inevitably is gonna affect the other. Here's what I mean by a quick example. Have you ever noticed how unspiritual you can be whenever you're hungry or tired? Anyone? Yes? Living it right now with time savings, right? Living it right now. I mean, when I'm hangry, like I have a hard time loving Jesus, let alone people. It's just a reality inside of our lives. And here's the point of what I'm saying. Man, emotions are complicated. And I know this, as we talk about anxiety here today, 
This sermon for some of you is not going to be enough. Like this isn't gonna solve anxiety inside of your life. For some of us, we have this delibitating, this, this anxiety that overwhelms us, these attacks that are so overwhelming, man, that we just need more help than what this sermon is gonna offer and you need to go get that help. In fact, I'd encourage you, even after our services are over, come down front towards the stage in any of our locations. We have a prayer team that wants to pray healing over you and ask Jesus to do what only he can do inside of your lives. But today, this, this teaching, I believe, will be a great place to start when it comes to your anxiety. Well, we asked the question this week on Instagram to all of you, what gives you anxiety? And we got a lot of interesting responses, so I wanna share with you, they're kind of funny. Uh, it, the first one right off the top, someone said, looking at Instagram. <laughs> well, get off it then. Like, <laughs> One person said cockroaches, anybody? Oh, yes. Another said clutter. Just clutter being around. We had kids. Amen from the parents. Yes, kids. My wife sent in Sean Myers. Awesome. Thanks, babe. There were some more serious responses that were sent in. Losing control. Fear of not being liked. Not having enough money. School. Feeling trapped. Trying to find a job. Not living up to expectations. Losing a loved one. Dating trying to figure out my calling. Overwhelming majority could be summed up and actually said, facing the unknown in life. I mean, maybe that's a coronavirus for some of us. My wife went to Costco this week, and in this experience, she's shopping, and she began to see this anxiety that is setting in uh, inside of this world. I mean, it, when it came to the water bottles, the, 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 the packages of water, they, they had a limit of five per customer. You can only take five of these packages of bottled water. And my wife is walking by, and no joke, some lady screamed at the top of her lungs as she grabbed a sixth case of this. I have a right to live! Just grabbed it. Yes, you do. And I'm not making light of what's going on, but what I'm saying is this. Man, this world throws things at us that, that bring anxiety and pressure inside of our lives. And whatever it is that gives you anxiety here today inside of your life, we're going to try to tackle a question and really ask God and go after this. What do we do with our anxiety? I mean, biblically speaking, according to God, what does he want us to do with our anxiety? See, for many of us, our problems are not our, primarily, our primary problems, See, it's our anxiety about our problems that is the primary problem inside of our life. Anxiety is a condition of the heart that gives birth to sin. Think about it. Anxiety about grades can lead you to dis dishonesty and cheating. Anxiety about your schedule will lead you to break commitments. Anxiety about dating will cause you to compromise and settle. Anxiety about finances will lead you to make unethical decisions. Anxiety about being liked will make you embellish stories and act weird at parties. Anxiety about your calling will cause you to make rash decisions rather than relying on God. Anxiety about work will cause you to work long hours rather than resting. Anxiety for many of us, it leads us back into an addiction that we go to time and time again. It leads us to other sins in our lives. In fact, Pastor John Piper says this. He says, if anxiety could be conquered, a mortal blow would be struck to many other sins. That's what's at stake. So we're going to go to God's word 
to figure out what are we supposed to do with this anxiety that's inside of our lives. So if you would, grab your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out. Maybe you have your digital device, whatever that is. We're going to Philippians chapter four, Philippians chapter four. If you're grabbing one of our worship center Bibles, this is gonna be on page 1,181 in our worship center Bibles, Philippians chapter four. And this is a letter from Paul to the church as he's addressing different things that are taking place. And in this context of this point of scripture we're going to read, he is addressing anxiety and what that does inside of our lives. So Philippians chapter four, we're going to start with verse four. I'll read, you can follow along. We're going to read the entire point of scripture and then we're going to come back, break it down verse by verse and see what God has intended for us today. I'll begin. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul begins this point of scripture by giving us a beautiful truth that is played out time and time again throughout scripture. And that truth is this, that you and I exist to know and enjoy God. Just imagine that this is God. We, we exist to know God inside of our lives. That's why he begins with rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. He wants you to rejoice in the presence of God. Our identity and who we are, our purpose, our love, our joy, everything we experience in this life in joy is supposed to be experienced in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. This is why we can rejoice. Now, if that's true, then why are there so many days in our lives where we don't experience joy? Can we just be honest? Why are there so many days we're not experiencing this, this joy? Well, Paul continues. He says, do not be what? Anxious about anything. Now, to understand why he says that, we have to know what the root meaning of the word anxious actually means. See, the word anxious means to be pulled in so many different directions that you're distracted, that you can't focus on one thing. You're constantly looking at everything that's going on around your life and can't fixate on the one thing we're supposed to. Now, why does this matter? Well, the Bible, Scripture, God tells us that we have an enemy, right? We have an enemy in Satan who prowls around looking like a lion wanting to devour us. We're told Scripture says that. And now, I don't think Satan has set out to convince you that God doesn't exist. I don't think that was, that's what Satan's trying to do. I don't think Satan's trying to convince you that the word of God isn't the word of God. I don't think Satan is trying to stop you from pursuing a relationship with God. What I think he is doing is saying, sure, go after a relationship with God. But while you do that, 
Make sure you look good in the process. Make sure you go to the right college to get the right degree so you can go after your calling and get the right job. When you get the right job, you're gonna have to move out with your parents. When you move out with the parents, you're gonna realize there's these things called bills, and what are those? And you have to pay them, and my parents used to pay it, but now I have to, and I gotta find roommates? What's up with that? And one roommate, roommate gets married, and then you have to get another roommate, and it's more expensive than you can possibly imagine, and then you meet the one. You meet the person, the one. Oh, man. And this is all that matters. And so you go on a date, and you go on another date, and you meet their friends, and then they meet your friends. You meet their family, and they meet your family, and oh my goodness, in-laws. And now we gotta make decisions here. Are we gonna get married? Yeah, let's get married. Let's get, who's gonna pay for this wedding? Uh, where should we go on the honeymoon? I don't even know. Let's get married. We get married. Now we gotta get a job. So let's get jobs. Should we have kids? We should definitely have kids. Twins? How are we gonna pay for this? Are you kidding me? Nobody told me it was gonna be this hard. Should we have another kid? No way. Uh, what do we need to do? We gotta get a better place. We gotta get more finances, a better job. We gotta save up money. Do I have enough money for retirement? And on and on and on it goes inside of our life. Now, if we're being honest, we wish life would throw us one thing at a time. But if we're being honest, when we wake up in the mornings, life feels like this. Right? It just feels like the world is falling on our shoulders, doesn't it? Every morning, it just dumps something new on you all at once. And that's what life feels like for most of us. We have to carry all of these things. And listen, nowhere in this process did you come to the decision that God doesn't exist. You simply lost him along the way. Hear me. Satan doesn't have to convince you that God doesn't exist. He just needs to overwhelm you so much that you live like it. That's what he's doing. He's putting as much on your plate as he possibly can. That's what he does. Listen, Satan wants to crucify you between two life-stealing thieves. And they're these two things, the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. Man, if Satan can get you caught up in the regrets that you made in your life, he's going to whisper them in your ear, remind you of everything you did, and he tell you that's who you are. I know who you are. I know what you've done. And as these thoughts go in our head, our anxiety begins to build. And then he's going to get you caught up in the worries of tomorrow. He's going to play a bunch of what-ifs inside of your head. Well, what if that happens? What if you lose your job? What if your kid moves out and runs away and walks away from the faith? What if? What if? What if? What if? And listen, God does not live in the what-if. He lives in the what-is. Here, today, right now. And if our enemy can get us living in these two worlds, we will miss out on the power and presence of God here, now, in our lives. Here's what anxiety does. Anxiety doesn't empty tomorrow of its worry, but only empties today of its strength. And God wants to give you strength today, not tomorrow, here and now. Right now, in this moment, the Holy Spirit is here. He wants to give you strength to walk through your anxieties. This is why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your, your body, what you will wear. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? For the pagans run after these things, 
The world runs after these things. The world worries and carries anxiety over these things. Jesus is saying his disciples should be distinguished by their lack of anxiety. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In other words, live in today. And I love this. This is some of the most encouraging words of Jesus to me. Because what this is telling us is this, it's not heroic to act like you have everything together in your life. It's not heroic to suppress all of your emotions and anxiety deep, deep down somewhere and act like everything's okay. Jesus is going, that's, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to bring it to me. Jesus is reminding us, some of us need to hear this. Man, we are not intended to carry anxiety the way we are carrying it. There's another way. See, your heart pumping, your gut wrenching, this overwhelming hopelessness that overcomes you, this trapped feeling like there's nowhere you can go to get out of it, Jesus is looking at every single one of you here today saying, I never intended you to carry the stuff I gave you that way. And so today, right now, we're gonna walk back through Philippians chapter four. We're gonna get really practical in Paul's words because he is going to teach us a process to walk through with what to do with our anxiety. And it's a three-step process, and here, here's the three steps. Pray intentionally, think intentionally, live intentionally. This is what Paul is about to walk us back through in his word. And the first one is this. Pray intentionally. Present your anxieties to the Lord. Present your anxieties to the Lord. Here we go. Verse 5. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by what? Prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, we need to notice the word present inside of this verse, because present is the action verb, meaning the thing that Paul is actually asking us to do. And we have to understand the tone of which he's saying it. So let's read it again. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, the verb present is in the passive tone, the passive tone. Other translations use the word let or allow, that you would just let your anxieties come out, that you would let them be put before the Lord. And what is Paul trying to tell us in this moment? He's telling us this. He's saying, listen, it's not a question of if your anxieties will come out. It's a question of when and where. See, they want to come out. Your anxiety wants to come out of you. It's built that way. We just have to allow it. We have to let it. We just have to present it to the Lord because they're going to come out. And again, the question is, not a question of if, but when and where will your anxiety come out? Cassie and I had a moment where we let our anxiety out in front of one another. And it wasn't anxiety over really deep-seated issues in life. It was just a vacation that we took down to Disney World. It's where we always go. If we're going to pick a place, let's go to Disney. And so we went down to Disney. We ventured out and did something we've never done before. We did an Airbnb. We just were behind. We had never done it. We're like, let's do it. Let's go check one out. We found one. Looked cute. Looked, looked, looked interesting. Like it was going to be all right. And best thing about it, 100 bucks a night. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. We're like, come on. It's five minutes away. Let's get this thing. We locked it up. We're so excited. As soon as we pull up 
to this condo, Cassie and I get a glance at one another and we know something's not good, not going right, right? I mean, there's an abandoned motel next to the place we're gonna be staying in. I'm like, oh goodness. So we pull up, as soon as we open the door, my wife looks at her kids and says, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. We walk in. I mean, I'm telling you, this place was a dump. It was just a mess everywhere you looked. And it was bizarre. It was just like weird things were going on. I mean, check this out. I took a picture of this. There was this little bag, Mickey bag, that was hanging like over the bed next to the beds right here. This thing was on the wall right here. And it had earplugs in it. Earplugs. Earplugs. I mean, I immediately, like, I'm, my anxiety, I'm just like, what am I not supposed to hear? Like, I, I've got my kids here, man. Like, what do you got earplugs for? Oh, and our anxiety every time we were in this place. This is the kind of place where you wear sandals in the shower. It's just like, oh, I don't know. And my anxiety, every single moment, I'm just like, oh, goodness gracious, what are the earplugs for? Well, we found out about 1 a.m. every single day that they threw parties in the room above us, and we woke up every single morning. I'm smiling through the whole thing, just picking up my anxiety through the process. And then finally, my wife, she just has a moment. She just yells in the other room, and I can hear her. She's like, I just can't take this place anymore. And I just have all this anxiety just built up inside of me. And so I walk in. I say, why can't you just get over that this place is messy? I just dump my anxiety on her in the process. Listen, just because, because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm not capable of stupid, right? I mean, just stupid. Just yelling at my wife. And as soon as I dumped all my anxiety on her, you know what she did to me? This. <laughs> She dumped all of hers right back on me, right? And listen, I, I get it. That's not the greatest anxiety I'm ever going to have to carry inside of my life. It's a vacation. That passes. And, but there's anxieties that weigh on us heavily, heavily that stick with us. And, and it's not a question of if, it's a question of when and where are you going to present those anxieties, and for so many of us, we come home from a rough day and we just walk right in the front door looking at our spouse and say, you're welcome. Walk away. And this is how so many of our relationships look like. Just dumping our anxiety on one another. And maybe for you, you're not dumping it on other people. Maybe for you, you're running to the pantry and you're just eating your feelings away, right? Maybe for you, you're working 70 to 80 hours a week just to pretend like you're still in control. Maybe you're coming home from this anxiety and you're making the decision, you know what, I'm just going to fake it and put a smile on for everybody, just pretend like everything's going to be okay. And God's going, ooh, let it come up. This stuff is supposed to come up. I've designed this anxiety to come up and to come out of you. It's not good for it to stay there inside of your life. But Paul is being very clear. It's not a question of if, it's when and where. I'll read it again. He says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to who? God. So let's get really practical. Bruce is going to bring something out to help me. What does this look like to actually present our requests upon the Lord? To give our anxiety to God 
inside of our life. I, want, I just want you to see what I do, what I practice in my life at times. I'll write this on a journal that I have or just a scrap piece of paper wherever I'm sitting when I'm really anxious. I'll just write, I'm anxious about and draw a blank and I just start filling it into God. I just start, to, I, I'll sit down with God, I'll get in his presence and, and literally, I mean, here's some things I'm, I'm walking through. Oh, God, three months ago, I had to take my wife to the hospital. We still don't know what's wrong. We're just waiting. We're trusting, but we're waiting. God, there was a time. I'll never forget it. I lost my anger. And I yelled at my son, Beckett. And I wish I could take it back, but I can't. And now I work every day to be the best dad I can be. But God, I just, it weighs on me. God, we got family members that don't know you, Jesus. And we just want them to know you. We want them to go to heaven. Pray about it all the time. And I take these weighty things that are just weighing me down I get in the presence of God and I just present them to him. I give them to him. I trust God with them. Why? Because 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 tells us, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Psalm 55, 22 says this, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let, you right, let the righteous be shaken. It's who God is. Maybe you need to be reminded today that in your anxiety, this is true of God, that God lo God's loving enough to hear your worries and strong enough to do something about them. This is why we would present our anxieties and our requests before the Lord and place them in his care because he is strong enough to do something about it. And if we can be just honest in this room, it's not always that God is going to solve that anxiety in the moment. There are things in this life that we have to carry. It's our responsibility. We've been given it. And he may not solve that or take that away or take the way away, but he will carry you through it. He may not carry these things, but he will carry you and be with you in that process. In fact, scripture, if you keep reading this, Paul says to do it with what? Thanksgiving. That we would pray and petition with thanksgiving. Why? Because the God, the creator of this universe, loves you enough to listen to your worries and is strong enough to do something about them. And I'll tell you what, in my prayer life, I used to cast my anxieties before the Lord and pray and write them down. And then I would walk away and still be anxious until I read this. And then I thought, man, I got to do that. And here's what it is. When you pray, when you cast your anxieties before the Lord, when it says thanksgiving, the thanksgiving is not that he's just meeting with you. The thanksgiving is that he's going to do something about it. Every time I leave my prayer moment with these anxieties, I have to leave the moment by saying, God, thank you. Jesus, I trust you with this. Thank you for helping me. I, just, I trust you with this. Thank you for helping me. And then I can walk away without anxiety, knowing that God's hand is on it and he's working in it. It may not be the way that I want or the way that I can understand, but he is greater than I could ever be and knows more than I will ever know. And his hand is on it and I can walk away with trust and thanksgiving.
Here's the overarching thought that Paul is giving us. Be anxious about nothing, but pray about everything. And the reward is verse seven. He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, all we need is the peace of God. If we had peace, we wouldn't have to have all the answers. We could just trust in God and walk in that peace that only he can give. The second process is this, to think intentionally, embrace the truths of God. After we empty ourselves of this anxiety, present it before the Lord and trust him with it, thank him for his care and attention inside of it, we need to think intentionally after that. Verse eight carries the weight. It says, finally, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Do you understand the power of your mind? Paul's trying to wake you up to that. See, what we dwell on, what we think about is what consumes our thoughts and then transfers into our feelings. And he's saying, after you've emptied yourself of your anxieties, go fill yourself with the truth of God. Go embrace it. Let it pour into you. Read his word daily. When you're feeling anxious and anxiety setting in, turn to Philippians chapter four. Start reading this, the promises of God and how he's gonna care for you. We have to embrace the truth of God and let it fill us. But what does this actually look like inside of our life when it comes to anxiety? Let me tell you about Nick Ingledow. Nick's family and his wife, Megan, and their four little girls, man, great family friends for Cassie and I, and, and really just because they, they moved from Memphis, Tennessee, down here to Atlanta, got transferred for a job uh, that he had, and they found their home at the Buford campus of 12 Stone, where they attend. He had no idea that two years ago he'd be diagnosed with cancer. No idea. And he was. And it was a battle for him each and every day going through chemo. Had high highs and very low lows. High highs of going in remission and then the low lows of them bringing him back in a few months later going, it's back. We gotta go back through it again. It's a little bit worse than we thought. And as I ran into him at the church, I saw him and I just, I, I walked up to him and I had to ask him a question. Because he would walk with such a peace in his life through this whole process that I just had to ask. And look at me, the pastor asking him. I walk up and I go, man, Nick, how are you walking through this with such peace? You don't look anxious about this at all. What is going on? And he looked at me and said, you know what, Sean? I've just come to the conclusion that God determines my story and not cancer. I said, hmm. I said, you know what? If God wants me to live another day, that's because he wants me to go home and be the best father I can be to my kids and the best husband I can be to my wife. And that's a gift from him that he gave me. And if God doesn't want me to live another day, then that's just because he wants to take me home to my Savior in Jesus Christ. And then God's going to take care of my family. He's bigger enough to take care of my family here on earth. And if I'm worried about chemo and what's going to come up and whether or not I'm going to make it. I can't be present here with my kids right here, right now. All that is, 
is a man emptying himself of his anxieties, presenting it before the Lord, and embracing the truth of God and what he teaches in the word. And therefore, he is a peace inside of his life that cannot be explained, that goes past all our understanding because he is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Nick passed away about a month ago in his fight with cancer. And I tell this story to tell you this. In his words, all he did was go home to his Savior. And he trusts the Lord to provide for his wife and his kids. And the Lord is, and he's using the church, you, people like you, to take care of them and to pour into them and love them. But for many of you here today, I, I don't want to pass a moment to say this. Anxiety is very overwhelming to you and consuming to you and you live in the worries of tomorrow because you do not yet know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. See, you don't know that the anxiety that you're carrying was already nailed to a cross. That the pain and the anguish that it puts you under was something Jesus took for you and is saying to you here today, you don't have to carry that anymore. I got that. And maybe today is a day you need to say, man, I have this anxiety because I have no idea what my future holds and where I'm going to go. And I'm telling you right now, embrace the truth of God in Jesus Christ. He has a plan for you and he loves you. And so we're going to have opportunity today for you to do that very thing, to say yes to Jesus. But there's another group of us that are here in this place. You're like Megan, his wife. You know Jesus, but the reality is that life circumstances have brought a level of anxiety you can't possibly carry anymore. And we're helping Megan, we love her so much, praying with her, praying over her family, helping her bring this before the Lord and to take care of her kids as she needs help. But you need a moment, like she has every day, to present your anxieties before the Lord, to actually live this out. See, this is step three. This is what Paul goes into as he concludes this point of scripture. We can't miss it. He says this, live, this is the last step. Practically, practice this daily. He says in verse nine, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And when you realize that God is with you, what is anxiety in the presence of the Almighty God? Nothing. And he wants to carry you through it and love you through it. So we're not just going to preach about this. I'm not just going to teach about this. We need to practice this. We need to begin to present our anxieties before the Lord and then embrace the truth of his word that he's already saved us from it through Jesus Christ and thank him for that. And so we're going to have a moment right now. We're going to invite the campus pastors up. They want to pray for you. They want to make a moment right here and now, not the what if, but the what is, a moment right here to pray over you and pray that Jesus would do something inside of your anxiety that you can't do on your own. So as your campus pastors come up, we're going to have a moment to pray over you. That's a lot to celebrate today. Come on, sing. People come together.
Amen.